This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno. With me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. And we are here for yeah. some Aikido conversation. That intro took 18 seconds. Yeah. I think our intros are, I mean, I, I, I've never looked at it, but I think our intros are almost always exactly the same because it ends on the same, the music, oh, the yeah. same spot just about every time. That's it's good. Like a, That's good. Huh. That's how we want it. Real uniform. Yeah. That makes it sound like it's... Uh, Professional? Yeah. Oh, like yeah. maybe... Pro, pro. Even though it's not. At least yeah. prosumer, right? At least, yes. At least yeah. prosumer. What's what's prosumer? What is that? Well, you get professional equipment, right? Uh-huh. And you got consumer equipment, which is like shit. <laughs> and then when when you know better, but you really can't afford and really can't justify needing pro equipment, you buy prosumer equipment. So, uh-huh. for example, the recorder we're using is is referred to as prosumer. Huh. It's the in between. It's yeah. in between the two. Yeah, it's, and the it's, it's usually thing. good equipment that's you know not built to last for a really long time, not as rugged, not a, you know. We're not going to go out and take this into the field for our <coughs> field recordings for our right. NPR show. Right. But Whenever you say things are not as rugged, I like, but it doesn't apply to something that would normally be rugged. Like when I think about rugged things, I think about like hiking boots and mm-hmm. you know trucks. Mm-hmm. You don't think about <laughs> like re- a record, like <laughs> video recorders. Like, I'm now picturing a, a not as rugged uh, recorder, like being thrown into the ocean and like falling down a mountain and like you're just like mm, it won't handle you that won't stuff. Handle so, that. so I mean, think about it. You know, if you if you had a professional recording service, you know, and you're going all over the place, yeah, constantly yeah. taking yeah. it, recording, and it's getting dropped and carried around and needs to be more this rugged. ain't no hunter thompson recorder yeah that's what i'm yeah. saying that is true yeah white rabbit <laughs> and the so eyes. our, our topic this <laughs> week is uh the conscious versus unconscious uh mind and how that works out in training and the idea, or at least from my perspective, and we can talk about it, that when people talk about martial arts training, they are talking about the unconscious mind. Uh, they're talking about reflexes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, even though they might be thinking that they're talking about the conscious mind. Yes, I think that's the big confusion. Yeah. It's like when Neo says, you know, I know Kung Fu, you know, like in The Matrix, yeah. you know? Or he says yeah, Kung yeah, Fu, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but um, when he says that, <laughs> the way it comes across, and and I remember watching that, you know, in 1999 or whatever when it came out, and and being like, yeah, that's that's what I wish I could do. It's like just intellectually all of a sudden understand just all of kung fu, in. you just know. Plug it in, yeah, yeah. And and I remember at the time I was training martial arts, you know, a bunch, and I was like, that's what I want, but I don't think that's ever possible, you know, like you can't actually Correct. do that. And I think, truthfully, what people want, well, I don't know what I I think really what people want is the uh, the the unconscious sub conscious unconscious to work together perfectly in sync all the time. Yeah, Mushin. what they're going to get, uh, especially doing form training and other stuff, is just reflex. It's just unconscious. Yeah, and and a lot of times bad unconscious training. Yeah. Well, really quickly, let's go over what conscious and unconscious mean, <coughs> just in case if you haven't listened to this podcast before, because we do talk about that a lot. Um, but what exactly we mean by that? Yeah, your conscious mind is your analytical mind that like 
um, works through processes and analyzes stuff. Um, it's also the part that if you're thinking, what is my conscious and unconscious mind? That's the part of your mind you're using, you know? So it's the part that is doing stuff when you're awake, you know, you're, and that's why you say, oh, is he conscious or unconscious? Um, unconscious mind is really tricky territory. And I think you'd have to everything else you have to talk to some experts you know but there, there's a lot going on and, and you know in recent years there's been a lot of research done in this area and we're discovering more and more that the unconscious mind is is really 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 complex and I think the first thing that you have to understand when you start thinking about this is your conscious mind is a tiny 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 piece of what your brain does and your unconscious mind is a huge part of what your brain does and so like you know, we assume it's the opposite because we are always thinking analytically from our conscious mind. And so we think that's the big part of our mind, but it's the small part and it's also the slowest part. And in some ways, the dumbest part, like nah. it's, it's not, I mean, cause its strength is that it can figure things out that right. the unconscious mind doesn't know, but it also like it, it can't just get things, you know, like, like, well, I don't know. It, we could debate all this, but right. Yeah. Well, I was talking, uh, before this about, uh, driving a car, which I believe is, mostly done on an unconscious level and I say this because periodically and it happened to me today I realize that I am driving like I have the conscious thought that I'm driving and it it f's me up a little bit and yeah. I get a little like huh what am I doing like right do right. I really even right. understand how to drive a car like, I shouldn't be in charge of this no, vehicle really, because it's like all of the things my foot is you know doing a certain amount of pressure my hands are doing a certain amount of things my eyes are moving I'm listening I'm blah, blah blah the totality of it all is overwhelming to my conscious mind when you realize but for the most part you just get in the get in the car and go and yep. it's no big yep. deal and yep. you know you can yeah. You know, how many of us have not, I think we talked about this on the podcast before, have just driven miles without really even, you know. You drive yourself home, and then you're in the driveway, and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? And I think it's the reason that, uh, I was saying, you know, young people and old people are not good drivers. um, And young people are not good drivers because they just haven't, they haven't put in the, the training to get their unconscious mind where it needs to be right uh and then old people don't have the the reflexes so they have the unconscious the unconscious mind trained uh but they don't have the reflexes between they physically the, right cannot do right. it yeah yeah and i mean when we're talking about martial arts i think there's a lot of complex relationships to understand you know there's your intellectual understanding of what's going on that's actually not that important really except for in training then there is your unconscious mind to know how to make a decision to carry out a plan or a technique really really quickly and then there is the relationship between your unconscious mind and your body which is what we call like hand-eye coordination or reflexes i don't know we use different words and i think that's the thing that people most associate with uh martial arts you know it's the thing that in uh in the big trouble in little china dude throws a knife and he catches it and throws right, it back right right all in the reflexes right that's the thing people are looking for you come to hit me i can block it because i have the right. reflexes right because i my subconscious mind is you know i remember maya saying a few years back you know that like she felt like she was always um, like klutzy and then um since she had been taking on martial arts training very very seriously all of a sudden she could catch shit that was falling off tables and get out of the way of stuff and like that was just happening I as did a that natural today. i did that today and yeah. i was like how does <laughs> like I like surprise myself now because it's just like I'll knock something over and then my hand just falls right under it and catches it and I do that maybe I mean I still need to work on my awareness apparently because <laughs> I knock a lot of things over but I catch them now right um, 
Yeah. You're, you're the second son now. Yes. Right. Yeah. Then, I, that was just making me think of that story. Um, yeah. we're, there's a, I don't know if you guys have heard this before, um, but, but we read it to the kids, two actually, two different versions, um, to our kids' class. And I tripped them out. Yeah. Um, kids don't get that. Yeah. So <laughs> We've heard this before. Have you now? Yes. So um, it's the this Japanese legend or story about three sons, and they basically represent three different kinds of, I would say, three different kinds of martial arts training. They're all swords. Levels, maybe, levels. Training, yeah. yeah. Um, and so basically what happens is the, um, the father has a guest over, and he says, oh, I would like you to meet my sons. Um, and so he calls each son in one by one. So and the father's a sword expert, right? Yeah. And all his sons are are, are are being trained in the way of the sword. Um, and basically, he calls each son in one by one. And the first one, he places a vase um, over the door that's going to fall on him when he opens the door. Um, and basically, the first son's reaction is to um, to open the door very quickly and then get bonked on the head by the vase and then take his sword out while the vase is still in the air and cut it down. And so he's able to to he reacts very late, but is able to cut the, the vase out of the way. And then this, the second one comes in, um, realizes at some point as he's opening the door that the vase is up there and catches it out of the air and then goes and puts it back. And then the third son, before he even opens the door, realizes something's not right and then manages to completely get in without the vase being knocked over at all and then puts it back. Right. Um, and so they represent these different levels of reaction time and aheadness and understanding of what's going on before the thing happens. Right. Um, and it's interesting because those are all unconscious mind reactions on some level, but they're all doing very different things. And I, I think it also could represent the sense no sen, sen no sen, go no sen. Shuhari also. And I would argue <laughs> that most people are like, uh, but most people would, would, when they're talking martial arts, Yeah. They're on one and two. Right. No one give a fuck about them. Right. Like right. they don't, you know. <laughs> right. Like who cares? Like, you know. <laughs> and that's and that's also I the the Aiki, you know, I think when you're looking at other martial arts that are um, you know, doing and I mean I guess depending on how deep you want to go, but it's one one and two. One and two. You know, right. am I am I fast enough to get out of the way of something? Um, or or am I fast enough to react before something? They don't even worry about that. See, it's funny, though, because I think I think um, it attracts people who each – the people who come honestly are either attracted to one, two, or three, and they don't see them as a complete progression. Right, right, So right. there's yes. a ton of people who do martial arts and would call themselves martial artists, and they just, like, sit on a pillow and stuff, and they, you know, like, think about, like, you know, meditating, right. and that's all and they think about, you know, and they don't do anything else. And there's people who, like, just brawl, and they're like, I'm a martial artist, and it's like right. – well, you're both on the spectrum or what you're interested in is on the spectrum. But, like, you know, if you don't develop the reflexes that the guy developed, the physical reflex that the guy at the first stage develops, you really can't do that and get to the last stage. You, you right. From the last stage, you still have to have gone through the first and second stages, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So when we're talking about – so how does this all kind of kind of, kind of play out in terms of uh, Aikido? Um, and the things that we're training in the way that we're training and, and, uh, that sort of thing. Well, so it really depends. Like, I think you're right. What you said at the very, very beginning, which is that most people think they're, um, or, or hope that throughout martial arts training, they're going to, on some level, be able to just react in a situation and their martial (laughs) art will come out. 
this is the Karate Kid <clears throat> syndrome, right, right? Right, yeah. Which is where I'm painting a fence or I'm doing uh, some mechanical s- action I'm over and over. Standing on a thing out in the sea, mm-hmm. and then when I need to use it in a fight, it's just there. Right, right, yeah. Right. Um, but that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I guess it worked with Danielson, but uh. right. Well, and then <laughs> yeah. So I think mo- like a lot of people think that they're getting getting the the reflexes but like i that their martial art will just come out in a fight but i think there's so many other levels of like unconsciously what exactly are you training yourself to to do you know what i mean Mm because it's like is there really like in karate kid of course it's a movie but like it's a good thing to think about like you know waxing on waxing off the car Mm -hmm. versus actually like reacting to someone who is hitting you Mm -hmm. like will that train you to do that is that real, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do think that. Mm-hmm. And that's where forms training comes, kind of comes in, mm-hmm. which is like you think that, like, you know, uh, running the form over and over, you know, doing uh, a kihon ikkyo, for example, will teach you how to do an ikkyo on someone who's attacking you live. And, like, I think that that is, uh, you know, that, 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 that will teach you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that's the case. Like, I think it does teach you how to do the thing you're doing at that exact moment, which mm-hmm. is how to reproduce an ikkyo, mm-hmm. kihon, um, quite well. And so people get really good at that, but that doesn't necessarily translate to a live scenario. Yeah, I mean, I've been working with the, the my, my way of explaining all this, you know, and so I've been thinking a lot about these concepts. And, and I think the Mr. Miyagi thing, right? Paint the fence, sand the floor, blah, blah, blah. That is a, what I would right now call a technique. Um, and a technique is just a trained action right so it means i make an action in a trained way right and so you know what's supposedly happening in the karate kid is mr miyagi's teaching him how to move his hand up and down or side to side or in a circle different directions um and the process that he's teaching daniel son through is like through um he's building all the muscles building all the coordination and building like the muscle memory to do that action it's just an action Okay, now I think people who have done any kind of sparring or fighting or anything like that realize that the problem with that is Daniel still doesn't know anything about reading the intent of the attacker. Yeah. What a kick looks like or what a punch looks like coming in at him. Mm-hmm. Um, how to calm his mind when someone's ferociously beating him, right? And so this is another skill set. So yeah. he does have to have those techniques, but he's missing a big part, like probably more than half of the part by not ever interacting with another person. And yeah. that's another set of techniques that has to be built you know yeah another yeah. set of uh conscious and unconscious uh so play yeah playing out i still think okay so i think tech techniques are, are like on levels right and so like there is the like rudimentary muscle memory technique right and so like an example might be taking a step right like that you yeah. know like a baby learns mm-hmm. to take a step Okay, and then uh, that can go on for a while. Like, so you can still build techniques that are just purely unconscious mind with no real input from the conscious mind going on. And it's like, then there's walking, and then there's running, and then there's sidestepping, and then there's skipping, and then, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, so these are all techniques to get more complex, you know? So like hurdling or something, you know, running hurdles, um, and like track track and field, that's much more complex, but it's still mostly done on an unconscious level, you know? Mm And, and so that's all technique. And then we start to develop co- uh, what I think are tactics. And that's kind of, I think, what Josh is starting to describe now, which is like the conscious mind is is coming into play. And so the right. conscious mind's going, he always attacks like this. And maybe you don't know that on an unconscious level, but your conscious mind's picked it up. You know, he always dips his head or he always whatever. Mm-hmm. And then 
you're able to use your conscious mind tactically to put together the technique sets you need to overcome that person, right? Yeah, yeah. That's deep, and that's much deeper than the way most people think that it happens, which is like, I train my forms and blah, blah, blah. Or vice versa, uh, I just wrestle around or spar all day, and then I get what I need. And you right. do. You do. You do. Um, but it's it's limiting right. in terms of the, the outcome, and it takes... A, a, a long while, I feel like, um, to get what you need out of it. What's fantastic about our conscious mind, and we get so obsessed with it, we forget, and I think this is another trap of the martial arts. What's awesome about our conscious mind is it can recognize new patterns or old patterns, and then it can decide a way to change that. You know, if we were just purely unconscious creatures, we would have to make a lot more mistakes before we could we right. would change right. something, right. you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like animals will make a stupid, you know, not very intelligent animals, you know, dogs and cats start getting better at this, but like, you know, really dumb animals, they have to make the same mistake several times until it gets trained to their unconscious mind not to do that. And if it doesn't kill them, great. But like we can analyze stuff. And so that's fantastic and so like that's what pushes us to the next level but i think the trap of that is i have a martial arts teacher who used to always say you never want to react you always want to respond you know and i bought into this for a long time because it's like what he's saying is really smart which is like look you don't just do something you take in what's going on and you make a good decision about it right and that's Mm -hmm. that's great yeah except for things that happen violently because you can't there's no time yeah your mind's too slow your conscious mind's too slow you know and so i think that's another trap is i think people think martial arts training a lot of people think martial arts training is fighting with your conscious mind so you know it's like your conscious mind's actually doing everything and that's why it's like higher end or something you know but the problem is that won't work your, your conscious mind's just too slow right and that's what I was saying. Like, I think the ultimate goal is that uh, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, too. But uh, the ultimate goal is that that you can have both of those things working in harmony all the time. Yeah. So when yeah. you need your unconscious mind, that's what's working. And when you need the conscious mind. And we've been seeing this a lot in training that we're doing uh, safely in the park with our masks on and at distance with weapons. Um <laughs> It's true. He's where, not being funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, where there are um, answers that you have, like, so you're as you're being attacked and, and whatever, wherever the attack is coming from, there are multiple answers. There are answers that you know intellectually, and there are answers that you know bodily. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. they are, they can be different things at different times, mm-hmm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. So depending on how the attack is coming in, your body answer may be one thing that might not be the best tactical answer. And so if you could have your unconscious mind step in for a second, you would make a better reaction. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, and so I think that that's a learning curve that I don't think a lot of people look at, which is like, what do you know bodily and what do you know intellectually? And right. can you can those at some point get evened up right, as right. you're moving? Yeah. And right. that and that I think is what you're talking about, the high level. That's where the high level stuff starts coming yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you know, in Japanese martial arts that's mushin, you know, like a mind like water that's just there and present and totally awake and alive, but not interfering with itself or or hurting itself or overly questioning or criticizing itself, you know. And that's the only way, and I think, you know, to react quick enough in those situations. But see, I think what you're saying is 100% is most people think that they're 
reacting with their conscious mind. Right. When when crazy stuff happens. Right. You know. Right. And that's where you get all this stuff like, oh, he kicks and I dive under and do some kind of like whatever, which you can do when you're training a form or whatever else because you have all the time in the world and you know what it is and you can make that decision beforehand. But in the moment of it, it's a whole different animal. Right. Okay, so this is a weird metaphor, but I was thinking about, because sometimes it's helpful to think instead of, think about your mind, thinking about your mind as one thing, thinking about it as like two people that are interacting and depending on their relationship, it's how, how well you're able to function in different situations and I was thinking about like what would be a good a good metaphor for this so bear with me here but I was thinking that like it's kind of like um like have you guys have you guys ever taken a a tour bus ride Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like your unconscious mind is the one that's driving the bus Mm -hmm. it's taking you from place to place and actually making the bus go around and do stuff Mm -hmm. um but but the tour guide's the one standing up there pontificating and telling you about the sites and Mm -hmm. you know um being being fun and everyone's paying attention to him right everyone's paying mm-hmm. attention to your your the, the tour guide but not really the bus driver the bus driver is making the bus go right and so how, how those two work together is how well the tour goes uh, because if the bus driver is not able to drive then the tour just doesn't yeah, happen stuck That's in right. traffic or whatever right um but at the same time and 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 the tour guide seems like the the center of the show, but really the the bus driver is the guy who makes everything happen. And you know, if the if the tour guide starts to give too many you know backseat driving type you know directions, oh we'll go over here. Well, mm-hmm. then they start to interfere with each other because mm-hmm. then you you're, the bus driver is not able to actually do his job, which is driving. Um, but at the same time, you know, if they work together really well, then the tour guide might be able to say to the bus driver, hey, let's actually take a detour over here. And the bus driver says, great idea. Let's do that. And mm-hmm. then does his job and the tour guide's able to step back and be touring. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like that that relationship between the two, if it works well, it can be amazing and it can be a great time for everyone. Um, but if those two aren't able to work together, if the bus driver's not able to drive or, you know, if the tour guide's not able to, to, to mind his own business and do his job of talking and thinking and all that stuff then they can't can't work together right you know right um and, and, and it's, they, it's, they it's, both have to to do their job yeah there's it's like uh <laughs> it, it's funny because this i mean using that analogy reminds me exactly of how some people are like some people you show up to their class and they're a great tour guide and so they're like uh we're gonna do this and there's this fantastic amazing stuff and there's and they they're pontificating about all this awesome stuff in martial arts and then um that goes on for a really long time and then some people are like are we gonna go anywhere yeah. or are you just right are we gonna sit on the bus do, right is there a bus or, driver actually? right are we gonna go right like, are we gonna or, try it? Like, or the other side and i've been in schools like this where it's just like there's a bus driver and we zip around places real quick and then you're done you're all and did i a, did yeah, i who, see anything right. and what it's, the f- it's up to you to to look for the sites right, because right. no one's told you hey look over there this is That's what exactly this right. is this is what that is and you, yeah. you you'll still get the tour as long as you have a bus driver you actually will get the tour right but how much of it you take in right. is another and you might question. have to t- take the tour multiple times right. to, to, you might to have see. to go out and do your own research on That's right. what you're looking at That's right. right so let's talk a little bit about just that which is like okay so what types of things are actually subconscious what are things are conscious what what types of training train you know what types of training are looking at unconscious what types of training are looking at conscious blah, 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 all down the line because i and i think you really uh, chris is working on a piece of uh, literature literature uh, for for uh, aikido and one of the things he is talking about training and what training is um and 
it seems to me from what I've read of it so far that to you the training is uh, unconscious mind stuff. Yeah. Like you're using the conscious mind yes. to determine whatever, but that is all being plugged into and uh, sh- shown or whatever or, or expressed through the subconscious mind. Right. And, you know, it's funny because it's, it's real sneaky stuff. I think that the um, the controller for the conscious mind is unconscious for the most part. So meaning that like, well, what I'm saying is when does the conscious mind come into play? Well, it comes into play when the controller, which is unconscious, says we need your help or approval. We don't know what's going on. Right. We're questioning something. Yeah, yeah. And so, so, you know, to me, all training is unconscious mind stuff. And that includes... The controller deciding to flip over to conscious mind or unconscious mind. You know, when do I need to be analyzing this? Now, when you're really good at martial arts, that controller is real smooth. It toggles really, really nice between the two. So you stay, uh, achieve a state of motion, which is like I'm, I'm kind of always both, right? My conscious mind's always along. It's just not interfering when it doesn't need to interfere, you know? Mm-hmm. So what, I mean, are there, are there moments where people are training and, and – you know, so we're talking about people thinking that they're training one thing and, and they're not. Are there examples of that that we can give where people are, you know? I think, I mean, I think if you're doing physical s- stuff in any kind of repetition, you are training your unconscious mind to do something. Mm-hmm. Something. Um, something. Um, but it just depends what are you training your conscious mind to do. And the more, sorry, your unconscious mind. Um, the more you use your conscious mind, whoever is doing that, hopefully the teacher, is using their conscious mind to carefully create the kinds of training situations they want, then they will better train their students' unconscious minds to do what it is they want them to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and like forms training, I think, is we see a lot in, in Aikido training. Um, it's it, We spend too much time doing that. And what happens is you, you are training your, your unconscious mind to do some stuff, but often it's so slow and so... Um, uh, you know, you might pause and say, well, how do you do this? And, you know, how does the technique work? That's, that's still mostly conscious, you know, and you're, and you're, you're not training your body to go through it in a fluid way or react to other things or, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's lots of stops and starts. And and so you're mostly just kind of trying to understand consciously the technique and kind of why it is and what it is and stuff. Um, But the more that you do it in different situations and, without stops and that kind of thing, the more you're getting unconscious. So forms training, training, conscious or unconscious, or is it in how you do the forms training? It's in how you do the forms yeah. training. So um, I really think that the the goal of coaching, um, just stop thinking about martial arts for a second, but the goal of coaching is that the coach acts as the conscious mind for the athlete, mm-hmm. and the athlete's job is to unconsciously train those right. things in. Shut down. Right, and everything so else and just go doesn't, doesn't exactly need to right worry about anything else. And that's where we get the idea of like if coach says do it, do it. You know, right. it's it's like you know we yeah. don't question it. There's right. drill this, drill yeah, that. You don't do need that. to know. You do not need. We're not teaching you to be a coach. We're teaching you to be an athlete. Yeah. And so all you need to do is do these things. And so what that's doing, I think, is kind of alleviating the the questioning and weird shit that goes on with the conscious mind. And it's training. Uh, it's honestly training that controller to shut down the conscious mind more often and go like just do this action. And then the coach 
coach's job is to make sure you don't screw up. So the coach has to be highly conscious minded because they're always analyzing what right. you're doing. And they're, and they're intervening if you're making exactly some right. glaring mistakes. And in a, in a uh, sport scenario, that is that can be done and that's okay because um, there are rule sets that keep things very streamlined. Um, and so, right, because what I'm, I'm thinking is like when you – when you break this out into like real world applications, um, it becomes tricky because there are so many variables, right? And when you're talking about a sporting thing, they can really narrow down the variables to some specific things. Right, right. And, and so, so, I mean, there's a ton to talk about there. Okay, so, <laughs> so part of that is um, um, tactical understanding. <clears throat> tactical understanding in certain sports like, um, say boxing, for example. Boxing, you go out for three minutes and you come back for a minute and you talk to your coach. Now, what your coach tells you in that minute is what's going on and what tactics to take. Now, it's not to say that the boxer isn't taking his own lines of tactics. And when I'm saying the word tactics, I'm saying you're consciously choosing plans of action that you've unconsciously trained Already into yourself, trained. right? Right. And so it's, it's, a boxer definitely is, is choosing to do that. But what their coach should be doing is really acting primarily as the tactical decision maker, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Okay, and so... Um, any sport like that, so any sport where you see that the coach comes out and talks to the athlete a lot, that is the primary thing that should be happening. So like football, football runs in what, like four second plays at a time? I mean, tiny yeah, yeah. intervals of time. And then they stop and the coach tells them all what to do, right? So so anything like that is 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 running that way. Now, when we get to more complex things um, and, you know, so like if we start to move away from like normal sports and we go into like... I don't know, military survival strategies right. or, you know, something like this. So saying like military games where you have to be yeah. making your own tactical decisions all the time. So when you start moving into that kind of stuff, then you have to have that coach's mind yourself. So. And that's another kind of training, you know. And so that's why I said, you know, like in sports, you're not being trained to be the coach. You're being trained to be the athlete. Now, at a certain point or with some kinds of activities, like Josh is saying, that multivariable uh, activities that are complex, like living in the world, for example, um, you have to be your own coach right. also. You know, you have to be able to make Okay, so where does that put, like, the normal martial artist, like the, the normal Aikido practitioner? Can they be just the athlete uh quote unquote right because we if we're doing this as as a a you know an art a, a way to better ourselves is it enough just to have just to be the athlete and rely only on our instructor to give us the the things or do we have to be both if that's what you want to do so 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 look uh, when you're talking about when you're answer, talking about adult activities right and so i don't mean like uh, something with triple x on it i mean Although, by adult <laughs> activities i mean like um we could probably yeah. think, if we <laughs> think this through let's, for a let's not go down there because then let, we'll talk about it let it go like, josh we've already got people say like no more poopy mouth on yeah, yeah. anyways um, <laughs> so so when we talk about adult activities basically what's happening is we're talking about a pastime because most adults that aren't hobbies in an yeah. occupation yeah. right so if you're in an occupation that's another thing you know it's it's always like when I'm saying like you know if you want to be a super soldier well then pick that as an occupation you know but when you're taking on adult activity you're taking on as a pastime right so look I play soccer not because I plan to become an excellent soccer player at this stage of my life but because it's fun to play soccer right right and so um 
you get to pick, right? Because it's pastime. So you get to decide like, hey, do I want to train more like a coach or more like an athlete? Do I want to go and just have people tell me what to do? Or do I want to figure out how it all works? You know, so. And you could flip back and forth. Sure. Who knows? Sure. And Aikido is only taught as a pastime, right? That's an important thing to understand about martial art. It's not taught professionally at all. Something like judo or something, which is not exactly professional, but kind of, where it's like, you know, well, you want to go to the Olympics and and then you're an athlete, right? That you need to train like that. I think traditional mar- martial arts are generally <clears throat> created so that by the time you get to a black belt, you should be able to have uh, to perform it at a proficient level and also talk about it at a proficient level. So you can be the coach and you can also be um, a passable <clears throat> representation of your martial art. I think talking about black belt is really awesome with that, actually, because um, different organizations and cultures have different ideas of what the black belt uses and they all use black belt right the japanese idea of a black belt essentially is you know the system that's it right like you're not good at the system you're not anything you know now know the system could be intellectual or it could be athletic you know meaning like um either you can do it or you um you look yeah. Uh, you know what Body is going knowledge on, right? versus head knowledge, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, to some people, like say Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a good example. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is about performance ability, right? So, mm-hmm. look, you're this much better than the purple belts. You're this much better than the blue belts, you know, and that's the idea. So, like, you know, like a, uh, there's a lot of schools that have Brazilian jiu-jitsu tests, which is like, oh, you should be able, you know, I'm going to have you wrestle all the blue belts, you know, for 30 minutes, and then you're going to wrestle all the purple belts for 30 minutes, and then the brown belts, and then the black belts, and you need to make a good show still with the black belts. And that's, you know, different schools have different Different things, but the idea with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is basically a representation of ability. Judo similar, right? So, um, and I don't know all the exact details of Judo, and I think it does depend club to club. But you have to have a certain amount of knowledge for sure. But you know, it's easier to go through the Judo rankings if you're competing regularly and doing well in tournaments. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, you're you're, you're a Sandan or a, you know whatever. And like I said, again, it just depends on what's going on. But it's about performance. And so, what is your idea? And and to me, what my idea of a black belt is, is black belt has the ability to know the system pretty well uh, athletically, pretty well um, intellectually, and then also has the beginning seeds of being a teacher. And like when you meet all three of those criteria to me, that's a black belt. And that's why our first Q test at the school is all about go, 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 go. Because it's like, it's the last athletic test, you know? And then after that, I want you to polish it so it looks good. And then I want you to be able to start to teach it. And I don't expect a lot of teaching ability from you, but I expect the ability to like understand how to think about someone else's position and how you would describe it. And so that means you have a deeper understanding of the system. A much more intellectual understanding. Right, right. Yeah. And I think what's cool about that is like, I don't know, um... I don't know. I think a lot of people think about at least the Aikido black belt like this, which is like it's the start of the rest of your life. You know, like you right. are the start, the start of, of your study. You right. know, like right. the like that's a common Japanese concept. And and so I and I like that because it's the idea that like you've gotten like your teacher has successfully given you. Um, they're saying they've successfully given you all of the material. Basically, you know all of it. You know, you understand what is supposed to happen, and then you get to go to make yourself as close to that ideal whatever that is as possible Mm -hmm. you know and so that like you continue your own practice you become your own coach and going well i know ikyo is supposed to go like this but i think i could be better you know i could tweak it closer to that ideal that i i know about already you know i can basically uh like growing up and and you know basically having your own system of morals that your parents gave you you know you don't need your parents to tell you don't do this don't do that you know 
don't do this, don't do that. Right. Um, and then you, you're you're smart enough at that point that you can start to change your own moral ideals, you know? Right. So like, well, my mom taught me this, but I don't think that's right, actually, you know? Right. You can start to work and with the system. And what I think you, you will see is, uh, you know, because I think that everyone comes at it with, what if we're talking about unconscious, conscious, body knowledge, head knowledge, um, most people have one or more. It's skewed, you know, for most people. Most people don't have equal across the board, right? Right. Yeah. right. One, or, and so <laughs> at the black belt level, it should be work for me anyway. Working, and it should be this way probably the whole way. But at the black belt level, really working to get those equal as they move yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're more heady, you need to get that body knowledge. Right. And if you're more uh, have more body knowledge, you need to get the this part. Right. And so that they're equal up there as you're moving. Right. And that's, you know, what the time between show, uh, first cue and Shodan is yeah. to me. Yeah. It's like, you know, polish everything. Make everything good. Yeah. Speaking of that, because of Corona, <laughs> I, I'm going to need Maya's more time. Shodan's been suspended. Ah, boo. Yeah. 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 I asked Chris about that the other day, and I was like, it's probably not going to happen soon, is it? And he's like, well... Since we haven't right, been able not, to train. It might like, not be possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that's probably for the best because I want to make sure that I have a full good amount of time to yeah. prepare and make it like I want it to be, you know, because you only get to do it one time. That's right. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit just about the, uh, so if, you know, for training, if we're training mostly on the unconscious uh, mind, um, where live training fits into that and uh, why or why it might not be important in getting that the body knowledge and the mind knowledge to equal out. Yeah, I mean, what is the goal of your school? What is the goal of your personal training? What is the goal of your system? You know, and those are the things you have to ask, you know, like so – uh, you know, I think in like 1970s karate, the idea was like that um, we're making these fucking badasses that will go, you know, reverse punch the shit out of someone and break their sternum. And I mean, I think that was really the idea. And so that black belt punch will, a train or whatever. Yeah. And like, yeah. yeah. And like that black belt, how as important is it to them to like know all the heady details? Not very. How important is them to be able to deliver a perfect technique? Very important, you know. And so like, you know, in, in what I think like 1970s style karate was doing was that that was the big push towards that, you know. What is um, 1990s Aikido pushing towards? Well, I think it was pushing towards a really intellectual understanding. It was like, when I understand all the philosophies of harmony, then I will never be in a fight again, you know? So I think that's the complete opposite, you know? Um, for me, it's like they're, like everything. There has to be a middle ground to it, you know? And so but so my, my question is about the importance of live training. And uh, so can you get... Or how hard or easy it is it to get the sort of unconscious body knowledge without like some sort of you can't you, you can't, can't. Yeah. yeah I should have said that but yeah like you know if you want to be 1970s karate guy you've got to spar all the time if you want to be 1990s aikido guy well then you can just be heady and hang out in the dojo and pontificate all day um, so you have to have live training to teach your body to do things like a baby can't sit and think about walking and then walk a baby has to try to walk and yes. fall down a million times you yes. know like that's what it has to do that's what we all have to do so like there is no shortcut to that like and I know that like the matrix we'd like to upload kung fu and no kung fu but even if you could upload it and intellectually understand it your, your body, body still wouldn't know how to do it, it. Yeah. so yeah. there's no way around it you cannot escape it at least right now technologically right, right. someday maybe they put the sure. impulses straight. right 
I hope that never <laughs> the body, never, <laughs> the electrical impulses to give us a memory of. You know, you know how old ass curmudgeons like you know, like you know, I don't know. You think about like your great grandpa, and he's like, "Cars are dumb. Horses <laughs> did a good job." You know, and you're like, "God damn, fuck, grow up." You know, <laughs> but but I honestly feel that way about like advanced AI and virtual reality and stuff. Like, I'm just I like, don't want that. Fuck this shit. Like, you know, if we're all running around in simulators in 30 years, I'm going to be like, this is a bunch of horse shit. Yeah. Uh, we're probably moving toward it. Maybe. Let's, let's not go there. It's going to get sad. Maybe it won't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, like, Chris is right. It's it, We've got to do what we've got to do. But, like, if people want to look at Aikido as um, at all – relevant as a martial art now and compare it to other martial arts that do do live training and that do have that do develop a lot of strong body reactions within that martial art we have to do we have to do the same we we have to also do live training but where the conscious mind shit comes in is understanding our martial art to such a degree that we can build live training that is appropriate for our martial art yes that is right that is the key because if we just try and uh you know like plop you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu live training into our live training. If we try to do guy shop of a jab, <laughs> ain't going to work out. Ain't going to work out. There's a video of that just for people <laughs> who, if you want to see. If you haven't seen but it. But I think that is, I mean, and that's a good point. It's, you know, the other thing is like we we do have to be clear about the, the, the body, the unconscious things that we are training and whether or not they are the correct things for the philosophy for the tactics that we're we're looking for yes. and i think sometimes they may not be yes that's you exactly know. right i mean you you need the bus driver and the tour guide right. to have a good tour right. you know right. so at some level somebody has to do right. the conscious mind thinking to create the appropriate live training for people right and it doesn't have to be you but if you if you do want to do that then you might have to to sit and think about it yes and then go okay let's try it so what okay you know. so uh we're uh, have this all in mind. Uh, what's the like? It, well, right now, the one thing like you got a brand new person in Aikido. Get it, we we want to put some information into them on an unconscious level. What's the what's the first drill? What's the thing that we? What's the go to? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a confusing question. I mean, uh, I mean, so I honestly think the first thing that has to happen question. with the Aikido world today, because there's a problem with this, if I'm talking about my approach only to Aikido, they need to intellectually understand why Aikido is different than other martial arts. So I honestly think the first thing is intellectual, because you're going to have a real hard time deciding what to train and realizing the value of training if you don't consciously know what's going mm-hmm. on, you know? And I was talking about this earlier today when I was talking about when I was studying Kendo and um my kendo instructors being upset with me for doing some stuff I was doing and me being equally upset with my kendo instructors for being upset that I was doing right. the stuff I was doing. And it's because no one had explicitly explained to me what they were tr- kendo was, was trying all, to do. And I was just like, kendo sword fighting, right? And they're like, yeah, kendo sword fighting. It's not. Uh, and so when I was doing stuff that was different than kendo's methodology, they were upset at me, justifiably so. Now I totally get it. But I was also justified in being upset with them because I thought I was learning sword fighting, you right, know? Right. And right. so... Instead of a very narrow uh, section of 
said sort of right right a piece you know a piece which is cool i mean it's a cool piece once you understand that's what you're getting but but so to me the first thing is new kindo or new aikido student off the streets it's like here's what we're actually trying to do and i'm gonna i'm gonna say that to you until you know what i mean until you get it right Uh, and then and then after that we can go on and train that stuff you know and in the meantime while that's happening you can train uh unconscious body mechanic basic kind of right like so so like so sand the floor and, and, yeah, yeah. and you know i mean that yeah, equivalent yeah, yeah, you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. sugiyashi yumiyashi tenkan like your footwork stuff like yeah so you can get uh, get down easily i think a lot about unconscious mind stuff as programming like computer programming you know um we're doing it in a different way like you can, you can't just type in the program and then it's there like it's got to be um, you're programming your the the behind the scenes software of yourself to do a thing, and the way that we program it is through repetition. Um, but whatever it is, whatever program you write is the one that you have, and so and and you you probably like we're talking about right now. The the new student needs to start with simple programs to build a a you know right. a foundation so that you can add more complex programs on top of that. Um, and so, you know, without that basic stuff, then you can't skip to the next stuff. But if somebody already has a good uh, body understanding, you know, they have good body programs already, there's no need to reprogram them because they've already got it. Right. And you can skip on to something right. else. Right, That's exactly right. But for most IQ people who are just people off the streets, you've got to start with, you know, the, the basic stuff because a lot of people aren't really, don't have a lot of programs for their body to move in these different athletic kinds of ways. Right. So I'm thinking of this thing that happens, and I'm trying to figure out the, the why it happens. But um, that thing that happens when uh, you your body is wants to do something, uh, and the situ- it is not correct for the situation, mm-hmm. and then uh, your mind shuts down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And what, I think what do you anyone, mean shuts down like freaks out or what uh, do you mean? yeah I mean it just there's a there uh, there's a gap that happens right mm-hmm. and I think this ha- the, you see this a lot in Aikido especially uh, in early sort of um, Giowaza kind of things where people are trying to do stuff and then they it's not it doesn't work and then suddenly it's like oh and then it takes a second to reset right. the yeah. like and I'm just trying to figure out like what 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 is that interplay between the i assume it's some kind of interplay between the conscious subconscious like something going on there but if you watch slow i don't know if this is going to hit what you're saying i think it is though um uh if you watch like boxing in slow-mo you know and so if you look up youtube you can find slow-mo boxing bouts and it's really great because um you will see all the little things that have been trained into the boxer that might not happen in that moment but they're still trained in right so for example um throw a jab slip and cover throw a hook right that that might be a that might be a common setup that you're training and you'll see boxers do that when the other person doesn't respond in a way that's appropriate to do that right so and when it's fast it's kind of hard to see because it just looks like a blurb of shit happens right but when you see it slow you're like oh that guy's actually Going to the wrong side, right, right, uh, right, right, covering right. his head, which that's not where the shot's going, and he's actually pushing his face into the guy's glove. You know, like right, so, he, he ran a, a wrong program. Exactly right. Right. And so what happens, you know, and, and in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you call this building your game. You know, but like so, you um, you get something you're going to try to do, right? So like I'm going to try to do a scissor sweep or throw a jab or whatever it is, and then 
you, you train that. And that's a simple thing. Sand the floor, wax on, wax off, right? Okay, that's a simple thing. And then you'll do it to a person. And then they will have a reaction that you didn't know what was going to happen. And so then you'll glitch. And that's what I think you're describing, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. you throw a punch and you don't hit someone. You go, what the fuck happens next, right. you know? Right. And so um, you need a second technique that happens right after that. Now, what happens is you build your game, like in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like say I'm throwing scissor sweep and they block it. Then you have a secondary sweep that works good, like elevator or right, whatever, whatever yeah. little combo set you go into. You're building these little branching programs. That's that right. It's like if this thing happens, it's if then, you know, right. if this happens, then I do this. If this happens, right. I do this thing. Right. So is uh, Aikido particularly bad at this because we don't have more of a live training situation? We do not have a base of experts who know all the possible permutations, right? We might have a few here and there, you know, but we don't have a collective base. Whereas if you go to any freaking judo school, you will probably have 10 black belts there who know whole kinds of games and can describe to you. And then you can see the advantages and disadvantages of different game setups, you know. And a you, game is essentially like a branching right, tree a branching of set, op- right? options. And if you pulled someone's game out and you taught it to everyone, we would call that a martial arts system. You, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so so that it's just a set of tactics and techniques that are all lodged together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, Koryu, for example, old school martial arts, when you, you're learning, you know, like uh, Takanouchi to you, you're learning uh, Takanouchi's like um, uh, way of his, doing Yeah, his game. His you're game. learning his game, right? Yeah. And and then it's like, you know, the, with the old Japanese ideas, like that game's perfect, so don't ever mess with it, you know? Right. And then Jindai, modern martial arts, they don't do that. They're like, oh, yeah, there's a thousand possible games. Let's let's learn as many right. as we can and right. develop the one best for you and your body and type and, you know. Hmm. And yeah. so the reason, because I feel like it, that is a a flaw or a, a something that's wrong with Aikido as it currently stands is like, and I come against those moments all the time where it's just like, yeah, there's, I don't, it's like I don't have the answer for that. Thing. Right, right. And so it just shuts, like, right. you know, yes. something's going in a loop. Either my subconscious mind is trying to fill the space, doesn't have the answer, whatever. And that feels totally like shit when you, when you have never done something before because there's just nothing. There's just yes. blank space there. And so it goes, the program just freak out. ends. Right. And there's nothing to follow. Right. Up. And then as you do that thing more, you'll start to get some, some general ideas. And then yeah. you'll start to kind of learn, like, they either go left or right there. And right. then you have a then you build a program for left and a build program for right. Yes. And then when you get to that point, you can immediately do right or left, depending on what they do. And that's why it fucks with someone and why the old idea of like secret techniques was important. Because a secret technique if you could do something that someone's never seen. Never had before. a program for, right. you short circuit them and you know and now we kind of have the idea that it's like ah, there probably are no secret right. techniques, you know, like Because there are only so many ways yeah. a person can and, do a thing. And any devoted study will figure them all out. You know. Right. Except for the one where I Tiger Claw. Tiger Claw is fucking hardcore. You, just, you rip the heart, heart out, stops. look at it, maybe take a bite out of it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Got no response for that. I know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> to die. That's okay, my guys, response. Okay, guys, we're at 49 minutes, 50 minutes <laughs> okay. right now. Um, so, yeah, we're I done. think that was, uh, yeah, hopefully that was, uh, hopefully it was informational. Like, <laughs> hopefully people could relate to it. Uh, and hopefully it was relational, informational, computational. It wasn't something we <laughs> starting a rap. Something we've hit on. I mean, I feel like a lot of the stuff that we talk about, you know, gets touched on week after week after week after week. So hopefully this wasn't too much of a the same old, same old. But 
Um, we are currently, normally we're bitching that we don't have enough topic ideas, but you guys have been great about sending us yeah. ideas. So we're working through them um, in order here. Uh, so we're trying to get through them all. So, so, uh, so if yeah. you've sent us an idea recently, we are almost certainly working on it. But right don't now. let that stop you from sending yeah, us send more, us more ideas. Because yeah. yeah. we would love to. Be, and, and it can be anything, you know. Don't sort of take the stuff that we've done in the past as uh, that's the kind of idea, like show that we do, because we can... Yeah, Talk actually, and I would anything. like to say something about that, and I would like to give a shout out at the same time. So I was watching uh, Francis Cordon's uh, um, vlog the other day, and if you okay. guys don't watch it, you should watch it because it's fun. It's on um, YouTube. Yeah, he's just yeah. in his it's car, sometimes in his house, just chatting about martial arts, and it's great. I love it. You know, and I love it. he always says he's just making them for himself, but they're good to listen to. You know, and it's it's fun to listen to him like reason through things and think things out. Like it's good, anyways. But um, uh, he had one the other day, and he was talking about uh, that. Uh, of podcasters he listens to, he he hopes that the ones he likes are not would stop being scared to go over the same topic again because he just enjoys the <laughs> yeah. podcast. Yeah, he's like, and he's like okay, right? I could talk about the same thing again and again. Yeah. It'd be great, you know. So uh, well, so when I heard that, I was like, there oh, you go, yeah. Francis. Right, we're right there for that's you. good to hear. Yeah, that's. Uh... We are not afraid. As a podcast of... <laughs> just, uh, well, we so. only really have one topic, and we just keep talking about it I over do, and I, over. I, I, I kiddo, yeah. I kiddo, I kiddo. When, are, think, when are they going to be done? That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. They've done this hundred and whatever episodes. Yeah. That's 141, point. this one, I believe. Whoa. 141. That's wow. a long, long That's, Yeah. Let's yeah. see. When is... So we've done two years two, at two and 104. Years? Uh, so what? Uh, 156 will be our, our three-year? 156? Yeah. Oh, so that's coming up. That's coming closer up. than I thought. Yeah. Get ready, guys. We're going to have a Party. fiesta. It's going to be wild. All right. Let's um, go ahead and thank our patrons. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much to our patrons. Uh, they are Brad V, Spider-Man in San Jose, The Hatchet Man, Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordone, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Jim Sullivan, Marcin Schiss, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Floor Hanowick, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Aceto, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. Thank you, guys. Awesome, guys. Appreciate that. I'll make a, a plug again for our YouTube channel um, because we are putting up uh, fairly regularly. There is new content there and, uh, and or, you know, there's also we also share a lot of content from other people. Chris, I know, has been on um, several different uh, vlog casts recently, um, talking about things. So um, find those things if you're interested in what we are doing um, and more about our particular uh, branch of Aikido, what we're doing. Um, anything else? Yeah, tip of the week. Tip of the week. Oh yeah, heck I yeah. Knew, I knew that. <laughs> Um, I wasn't forgetting. Think about unconscious conscious and unconscious mind and how they are at play in your training. Um, so where, you know, so obviously you're always in your conscious mind because that's always the part of you that's, that's thinking about things. Um, so you're using it right now. Um, but Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> you um, might not be. You're just sitting on your couch just like drooling. Well, yeah. there, there have been um, a lot of times, <laughs> let me tell Please you. Please program my <laughs> unconscious mind. Uh, <laughs> um. Like, think about uh, what parts of your training are training that unconscious mind part of yourself, and what parts of your training are working on the conscious, your conscious understanding of that martial art 
of your martial art. Um, and, and the interplay between those two, because, you know, I can, I can speak for myself. It's the, the pathway between those two isn't always great. And there are moments where my unconscious mind knows what it's doing, but my conscious mind's, you know, right. flipping the fuck out or vice versa, where my conscious mind's like, just do this. And my, my unconscious mind's on its own doing yeah. something else. Eyes closed, running away. D- okay. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I would say. Really think about your think about yourself also and and see where you're at. Do you possess more body knowledge than you do yes. mind knowledge or vice versa? And how can you begin to start leveling those out? Yes. Uh, I think is a good, is That's, something to think about. So. Yes, because if if you're endeavoring to become a martial artist, which I would guess you are, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you 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 care about these other levels, you know. And so, you know, try as much as you can to, to, to balance that because that's yeah. part of, you know, becoming a martial artist. Indeed it is. Yep. <laughs> Bam. There Bam. it is. All right, folks. The mic is dropped and we yeah. will see you next, next week. week. Adios.